listening to the Sly Dog Music Cast. Now here's your host, the Sly Dog. Hello and welcome back to the Sly Dog Music Cast. I'm your host, the Sly Dog, and joining me today, the Prince of Metal himself, James Durbin. James, how you doing? <laughs> I'm doing good, man. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm feeling like really like heavy metal and epic tonight because I've been listening to your album, uh, your first album under the name Durbin. Uh, this thing is a beast and it's literally called The Beast Awakens. How's it feel to finally be stepping out with a solo record that's kind of more akin to the uh, traditional metal sound? Because this is your first solo record since Homeland. Yeah, this is a, a lot of fun. And in a way, it's a, it's a brand new beginning. Um, you know, Homeland was done back in 2018. So it's crazy, like three year span. This is the longest I've gone without putting out uh, an album. Uh, and Homeland was very, very different being an Americana singer songwriter album. Um, so that's why I really, you know, didn't want to follow that with uh, another James Durbin album as something completely different, but rather rebrand as Durbin and, you know, um, new uh, inspirations and creatives. And, and um, it feels great. It feels really, really great. I'm glad to hear that because you sound so like revitalized and refreshed on on this album like it kind of feels like it could have been like you've made some great records since the first record but it feels like the natural progression like after the first record because I, I enjoyed Parachute but Parachute was always a little more you know a little more mel melodic a little closer to I think like you know Homeland in a way. <laughs> yeah definitely um yeah this is uh it, it's it's kind of going back to that in form I mean Memories of a Beautiful Disaster was uh, coming up on 10 years this year in wow. November, it will be uh, 10 years old. It will be in the double digits. So that's, that's crazy. Um, yeah. November 21st, 2021 will be, uh, will be the 10 year anniversary of the album uh, memories of a beautiful disaster. So um, it's, it's in, in a way it's a return to form, but um, uh, for the most part, it's, it's just, it's a brand new beast. You know, it's something completely new and, and Memories of a Beautiful Disaster was, you know, my first album coming off of American Idol and, and that first real album that I ever made. Um, and I've learned so much since then, you know, on that, I have a couple album songwriter credits, uh, just a couple that were either thrown in there or stuff that I was actually able to be a part of the songwriting. And since then, you know, it's, it's changed me as a songwriter all the years of, um, especially being Homeland was my first album writing every song myself 100 percent uh producing engineering mixing mastering um you know everything so such as the same very much the same with the beast awakens in fact i wrote every riff every vocal every melody every lyric so it's all it, it's all durbin it's all a brainchild of you know of what's going on in here nice nice i love it uh one thing I read in the release when I got the album was uh, you envisioned this musical direction for yourself for some time in a way, like this more straightforward classic metal direction. Uh, and it makes the title The Beast Awakens even more appropriate. What made this the right time to make this album? Like, what was the, why was this the right time to like finally pursue this direction? Um, I just, I guess it's just, uh, I don't know, different choices, different experiences have led me here. And, and I got an email from Frontiers Records that, said they wanted to they were interested in making music with me and you know something coming from a label and just being like okay well I've been independent for like 
five years and have just been able to do whatever I wanted, not have to answer to anybody. And, you know, what kind of album do you guys want me to make? And they said, well, we want to know what kind of album you want to make. You know, we, we, we want to be on the same page. And I said, wow, really? Um, I'd love to make a classic heavy metal album, you know, like Dio or Priest, like 80s. Um, sonically in that and lyrically in a fantasy realm and I'm very inspired right now in that sort of vibe um, and that's the album I'm looking to make and they said that's the album we that's what we were gonna say that's the album we want to make with you and so it just it just really made sense um, and like I said I, I was very got very into mythology um, and uh, Greek and, and and Norse mythology and and Tolkien and and you know rewatched all the Lord of the Rings movies again and read The Hobbit and and um, and really dug myself into that and started playing Zelda Breath of the Wild and, and just like getting back into my my nerd appreciation of all things fantasy and you know and fiction and and lore and quests and all that shit so um being able to go into that uh was great you know being able to pull from that and create my own realm where anything that i write happens i create my characters i create their circumstances i create the world that they live in the sacred mountain where they live the you know um the 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 different demons and creatures and necromancers and goblins and wizards and kings and dragons and shit so it's you know it's what's not fun about that you know and it all resides and is acceptable in the world of classic heavy metal it's perfect you nailed this that's i was actually going to bring that up because that's one of my favorite elements about this album it's just a fun escape in a way like like those old dio and priest rec records were you know like they had those mythological creatures and you know Dio is searching for the sacred heart so you've kind of built your own like I guess you could say this is your D&D &D bath album if you will <laughs> yeah absolutely it absolutely is and there's there's a lot of elements of that I always wanted to learn to play Dungeons and Dragons I always wanted a, a group of people to play that with and 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 I was a different kind of nerd, <laughs> you know, I wasn't the like, welcome nerd. Uh, I was, you know, like outsider nerd, like wore trench coats and carried a briefcase, like that kind of nerd. Um, so uh, theater nerd, theater, theater pro wrestling nerds didn't, uh, didn't uh, interact with the D&D &D nerds or, um, you know, hardly even the anime nerds. They didn't accept me either, um, though I tried. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I was, was kind of on my own there, but this is now the chance to to do that it's great it's been a lot of fun i'm glad i'm glad talk about the recording process a bit uh did you flesh out these songs by jamming or did you kind of do ideas virtually you know covid going on and everything like how did this come together because it feels like a very natural ba band vibe to me when i listen to it like i feel like the songs are really like played and fleshed out yeah, it's really interesting the way that that happened. Uh, like I said, I wrote every riff, every melody, every lyric, every vocal and everything. And I demoed all the songs at home, uh, just at my, at my desk, a very minimal, um, you know, home studio setup for these demos and, and, uh, and wrote the songs and fleshed them out all by myself. And then um, I took those demos and I took the drums out and sent over a click track to my drummer, Mike Vanderhuel, uh, who plays with Y&T uh, for the past 15 years. And, and um, I sent those to him and he tracked his drums to my demo guitars and then, and my shitty bass. <laughs> and then I took out my shitty bass and sent 
Mike's drums, uh, a light mix of Mike's drums and my demo guitars and vocals and everything to Barry Sparks, um, who plays with Dokken and formerly Ted Nugent and Michael Shanker Group and Jap uh, Japan's Bees. Um, and, and he played his bass to what Mike played. And, you know, Mike recorded out here in California and Barry recorded in Texas and none of us ever played together. You know, it's amazing that, that this, it feels like everybody played together and everybody played together and knew each other for years, um, but, but no one did. That's, that's the magic of it. Yeah, it all felt very natural and it, co it coalesced really well. So that's cool to hear. Do you think it'll be like a similar, like, like I'm hoping at some point in the future, like live shows will be a thing. Like if you plan on like playing this material live, do you see it being the same band or do you think you're gonna have to put together like a whole different project for when it comes to touring? <laughs> Uh, I think that it's possible to put together this band. Um, I feel like everybody really wants to play it and, and that makes it easy. Um, and so, you know, that's, we'll definitely go into it with that mindset. If any changes have to be made, then, you know, so be it. We'll, we'll tackle those when they happen. And I've got a, you know, great crop of, uh, of talented individuals uh, out here in my hometown, Santa Cruz, California. So um, if, you know, if so be it, then, then, you know, we'll, we'll uh, tackle that when, when, uh, when it comes. But I definitely hope that we're able to play, you know, this lineup. I will not be playing guitars live. Um, I, I'm, I get stage fright when I play guitar uh, <laughs> live, so I don't know if I'll be doing that very much. Um, I'm a great studio guitar player, uh, and, you know, I'd, I'd be more comfortable, at, you know, playing guitar, I'd be more comfortable just standing by the amps and, like, just, the, you know, just playing there and just kind of staring at people. Um, <laughs> uh, so, I, you know, I'd much rather take the mic stand and be able to throw it and whip it around and command the audience and throw horns at people like Dio and, and, yeah. and do all that stuff. You know, that, that, that's where I'm most comfortable. Yeah. And also for the live show, just for a question for fun, will you be wearing that same outfit you wore in the Prince of Metal video? That was just wonderful. <laughs> the waistcoat and the, uh, yeah. the, 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 the baggy pirate pants yeah, with the yeah. skinny on the calves yeah, and, and, the, and, and the, the boots uh, yeah, the, probably yeah, the staff. <laughs> uh, there, there's there's a chance you know yeah 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 we'll, we'll leave that to like the glory hammer guys and like hebasaurus <laughs> and stuff to go that far you know maybe maybe we'll incorporate some elements of it you know like dio sacred heart tour or like jethro toll or something you know but you know um there, there's there's a chance it just remains to be seen uh, you know i, I might want to take an approach to it like airborne you know just the just playing kick-ass music wearing all black with just like a basic black banner that says durbin and and just you know delivering the punches of the music or if there's you know if if it, it, it it's all about like a budget you know that stuff all costs yeah. money fire and 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 uh co2 and and all that stuff it's 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 expensive you know to put on a production if you ain't got the the money to do that you know when you want to get paid and not put it all into the show it's uh it's difficult to figure that out but but maybe we will and maybe we'll end up with some fun um you know spinal tap stonehenge setup or something <laughs> uh, as, as i'd love as... to slay a dragon on stage i'd love <laughs> to slay a dragon on stage Oh, oh man, I, I I wish I could have been there for the '80s because that was because I feel like I feel like shows like oh that, dude, like, me. like I, is it me or does it seem like that's just something that like maybe just couldn't happen again? Like um, unless you're a monomorph. Yeah, I mean I, I'm I'm a big music fan, so 
my wife got me into Eric Church, a country singer. Oh yeah. And uh, and I mean he's he's under the country guys, but he's much more of a uh, just kind of a rock, just 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 an outlaw of music, just kind of bored doesn't isn't bordered by and contained by country. Um, and I went to a show and and uh, um, uh, Hailstorm was opening, so we were backstage oh, wow. with those guys, shotgun and beers and and uh, hotboxing the bathroom that was fun so um uh but you know his concert like the drummer comes down from the ceiling and then like halfway through there's a song called devil devil and and in the back of the stadium is the back of the arena is like a 50 foot like inflatable satan with glowing eyes and holding his palm out that's on fire like stuff like that really happens and it wasn't expecting it at a country show you know I don't think most of the people there were expecting it, but it was like the most metal thing at a concert I've seen. So it was pretty sweet. That is really cool. Yeah. He, he's someone I'm a fan of as, as well, because I feel like he's, he's going for the show and he's also just, he's, he's not just thinking in terms of country, he's thinking of, in terms of rock and roll and, and putting together a great show. And one thing I caught once, uh, I always thought it was cool when he would do his song, I'm getting stoned. When, when he'd do it live, like to, to do the, like the oh, yeah. beginning, he'd do a, a little clip of raining blood before the main riff started, like the band would go, and then it go into that down, down. If if you know that song, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, it's killer. They're they're just they're good musicians, and like you said, they're they're in it for the show and 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 just doing something great, you know, doing something different, and that's that's what I'm doing here, you know. It's you know, you've got to be a certain kind of crazy to to try and make an '80s era classic metal album, you know. No one's doing that for the money, you know. It's all for the love of metal, and yeah, I'm glad we got an Eric Church tangent in this in this podcast. That makes me really happy because I I don't know when else I'm going to get to talk about him on this show. Eric, if you're listening, please come on the show. Uh, but with that, uh, I want to ask you yeah, about some of the songs. Yeah, I, w- I want to ask you about some of the songs on the album. Uh, I really enjoyed. Uh, I've referenced the Prince of Metal a few times. I think that's a great way to kick off the quest of the album. It's kind of like the first role of the whole thing. Talk about that song a bit. I wrote that. I wrote the music for that song first and titled it "New Wave of British Heavy Metal." Idea number one, <laughs> and uh, this idea of the Prince of Metal came to me. Um, of you know uh, rob halford's the heavy metal god and ozzy's the prince of darkness and dio dubbed himself the king of rock and roll and and um you know uh elvis king of rock rhythm and blues and michael jackson the king of uh pop rock and soul you know and and uh, um it's just why not you know make a a a, a name you know, and, and it doesn't have to be me, you know, I, I, not all those guys are always assuming the role of like, I am this, I am this, you know, this is what I am, you know, self-proclaimed. Um, so, but a prince, on the other hand, you know, no one's always too worried about a prince, not prince, like the man uh, uh, pe- peeking over your shoulder, but, um, or the artist formerly known as the artist formerly known as prince. Um, uh, nowhere near that prince but um, just just an idea and it was so much fun to sing about it and to write that and to put truth into that fiction and fantasy and then to make a video of it and um, 
uh, it's just so much fun to uh, to write this stuff, you know, to write it like phonetically, his heart in a roar and his hands together on his face. The heavens had opened the answer to all of his praise. In the blink of an eye, the angel had burst into flames and in the echoing madness, they grabbed him and dragged him away. In the twisting of steel and the slice of a blade, the fall of the kings of the land will long be remembered from the ashes another will rise the prophecy says raise thy horns bang thy heads the prince of metal i love it that's great that, that's that, that you just that was like a incredible <laughs> thank yeah. you wow uh i love the beast awakens too that's a great song it's kind of maiden-esque with that like incredible guitar solo talk about that song a bit yeah, absolutely. Uh, that song, I, I was driving around or walking around thinking of song ideas and pulled out my phone and recorded a voice memo, and I still have it, of me playing on my chest and going, and so I took that and I transposed it and I, I made a, 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 a recording session and just started to work that out and, um, you know, tried to figure that out. Uh, the soul, the soul is terrifying for what it feels. And there's that dum 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 And just, I was listening to a lot of ghosts at the time. So it's, it's got those little like <laughs> nuances of like, let's do something that sounds really weird. Or, like, you know, I had uh, the original demo was like, drenched in synthesizers and keyboards like mimicking everything that the guitar was doing and this like whining it was like a um the synth uh, plugin was called like b movie um <laughs> sci-fi b movie uh and it just had this like <laughs> like this this it sounded so ghost you know and then removing those elements though because the label didn't like it <laughs> um but removing <laughs> those elements and and building upon it and and keeping it classic um was was great and the fact that it didn't lose any of that steam and the, the killer guitar solo by mr john yaden jr uh who ended up playing on uh on about half the record he plays on like six songs on the album um was awesome absolutely awesome to to get that and as soon as that song was finished i sent it to rob halford i texted it to him to you know hear what he thought um and and he said basically like you're on the right track keep it up like this is good like really great really solid you know memorable That's um, and i was like ah i'll keep going okay yes thank you thank you sir i'll keep going yes you got the metal blessing. I love it. Oh, wow. I, I can only imagine what it had to be like for you just texting did, this yeah. to Halford because, because that's something like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to skip ahead a few questions. Um, I wanted to ask you about your voice at, at one point, just in who influenced you, because I hear Halford's like, you know, fingerprints all over your vocal DNA. And I really hear it in this record too. So talk about that a bit. <laughs> Yeah, um, when I was a teenager and my voice started to change and go down, I wanted to train it to go up. And that was around the time that I discovered, I had my own awakening uh, and discovering the style of music. And it was guys like Rob Halford and Bruce Dickinson and Dio. And and and, um, and so uh, I would listen to these guys sing and I'd listen to the way that they sang and, and what really made it fit into that style, you know, their nuances or their... Uh, rolling their R's. <laughs> That's a thing that, that Rob does uh, and used to do a lot in those early records. And, and 
and I adapted that uh, to this, you know, I think of like uh, the song of the album by the horns, you know, beyond the edge of fire, racing for the sword, dragging yeah. down the demon by the horns, you know, just adding that extra little punch to it and that extra little uh, character to it really goes a long way. And, um, you know, just, it's it's especially with the style of music it, it, it there's no way that i could uh, it's very difficult to uh perform these songs in another vocal style you know it's it it doesn't sound as good if, if i sing them softly without um putting a little bit more you know oomph a little bit more shoulder into the uh into the performance of it you know it just sounds it doesn't sound as uh, authentic you know, Dio was very with the hands and and really like moving the song, you know, <laughs> as she would sing a song. It's just like the words are just waiting to escape his mouth. And he's just waiting till the, the last second to let them go, you know, stuff like that. <laughs> and rolling the R's and just when you sing and just put a little extra like, a little extra hit on on different words and that's just that that style and it's fun to play with totally totally and I, and I can hear i can hear that all over the record too like your little like pulls and cribs from like like the past that's that's great and i, I love hearing you do do the voices too because you you've obviously studied them and they're spot on so good good job man uh yeah i got uh, i got a few more questions left uh Hopping back to the songs for a second, uh, Battle Cry to me is interesting because as much as I love to rock, I love to slow things down with a bit of a ballad. And this kind of has that, it's the closest to like a slow burn ballad-esque thing on the album. Talk about that song a bit. I knew that I wanted something like that. I knew I wanted something kind of uh, repetitive in a way and, and, and really wanted to send them to, send the characters into battle. And you know, what better way with the, at the dawn of the battle with the sound of the battle cry and, and just had this idea, this, and it just goes over that a minor G, you know, suspended F kind of a, a thing. And that's been done so many times. And, and, but I, I really loved being able to tell that story, you know, here we walk through the valleys of danger and the line, there's no other way out. Yeah. We walk, um, with the savages and angels, uh, war in their eyes, but not a hope in their heart. Hear the roar of the heavens and the howling from below, like memories of stories we were told. As we stand in the presence of the only life we've ever known, we carry on this light for young and old. Prepare to fight before the reaper, to live or die at the dawn of the battle with the sound of the battle cry. And just, uh, it was, it's just, it just, uh, has a lot of emotion to it uh, it's like a going to war song you know it's 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 carrying on um a legacy and and sometimes in order to do that you have to go for war go to war for it you know and um just thinking about like villages and and groups of people that had to go through something like that to fight for what they believed in and um you know fighting for their freedom which is uh, an interesting thing to me, um, you know. <laughs> um, uh, so it's just kind of exploring that in a way for just only for a brief moment. And a killer guitar solo by my by my buddy Mark Putnam, uh, who just absolutely rips into that solo. And 
that song just hits it hits and i love i love telling that story nice um so i've got three more questions left uh, uh first up something interesting i learned recently i was reading about you before the interview and uh i learned that you actually recorded and appeared in a video with alan parsons and he's one of my favorite like people kind of like outside of hard rock and heavy metal i think he's a great producer he's a great songwriter and you actually got to work with him and i was curious how that came about Um, I, I, I born and raised here in Santa Cruz, California, and uh, my childhood mentor, my music mentor, Dale Ackerman, um, had a friend named uh, Julian Kolbeck, who was producing this um, series um, for schools, like a learning series of uh, music production and, and mixing and, and, and all aspects of it. And they needed some, uh, they needed a, a studio singer to just come in and just kind of film B-roll, but the fun part of it was you got to work with Alan. So while, you know, none of the vocals and things that I recorded are included in there, they're really buried and it just shows my, my, my uh, awkward 19 year old face a couple times <laughs> um, and awkward cho uh, uh, choice of clothing and hair and, and all of the above. Uh, it was very unfortunate visually, <laughs> sorry. Um, but uh, it was great to get to work with Alan it was awesome to get to work with him and, uh, you know, sing one of his songs. And like, I didn't know I was singing one of his songs there with his singer from his band and was making suggestions on, you know, harmonies and that sort of thing of, of things that they were thinking, like, you know, talking about, damn, why didn't I think of that for the song? I'm going to have to take that idea. I'm going to have to run with it. Sorry, we can't give you songwriters credit on it, buddy. You know, just silly things like that. Like, just a ton of fun to work with him and you know at that age I didn't real like I knew who I was working with I knew who Alan was but didn't realize the weight of that and how cool that was to have gotten to work with him uh, in that setting at such a early age oh wow that's really cool and hey he's kind of metal in a way electric eye in the sky maybe oh absolutely <laughs> yeah that, hey that, it's, that. it's super metal it's super weird it's, super, it's weird. super weird and, and psychedelic and, and he's a, he's a super trip. Um, yeah. You know, it's, it's in that like Todd Rundgren space, which is just like, Hmm, I'm not sure this is made for me, <laughs> but good on you, you know, keep, yeah. keep, keep doing what you're doing. Nice. <laughs> All right. So uh, next one, um, it, we got to get a little serious for a moment. Uh, sadly, last year metal lost one of the greatest drummers in the genre and Frankie Vinali. Uh, talk about your time in Quiet Riot a bit what, and what it was like to play with someone who you probably grew up listening to the music he played on and then to actually get to join Quiet Riot and tour with them. Like, like talk about that, like that period a bit. Um, there was a lot of great moments of it, a lot of good memories, um, you know, and those are the things I choose to hold on to is the good of it. Um, you know, so it's, things are difficult to, to go through when you're in the midst of it and 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 it's just you know try not to hold on to negativity in my life but it was definitely great getting to perform with him and and you know gaining wisdom from those uh from those experiences good or bad uh, good or otherwise i will say nothing bad ever happened but um it's just um yeah it's definitely sad you know he he fought he fought really freaking hard and uh you know it, it looked like he was gonna come out on the on the right side of it but 
you know, Frankie uh, was a fighter and, and to the very last day. And, and, you know, although I didn't um, maintain contact with him after my departure from the group, um, you know, I know that he was surrounded by his loved ones and the people that loved him the most and his family and, and everybody. And, and, and that's really what matters, you know, and I, I am thankful for the time that I got to spend with him and the laughs and the memories and getting those guys out of their rooms from sitting there watching CNN and, and being <laughs> mad at the TV to like go to the go-kart, you know, track across the street with the arcade and like, you know, here I am, I'm 29 years old. Let's go to the arcade. <laughs> you know, <and> like, <laughs> You know, it was great to get those guys out of their rooms. We, like we were somewhere, we were playing a show with Buck Cherry and I toured with Buck Cherry um, after Idol for like a, a, quite a few weeks. And I knew that Josh Todd loves go-karts and like races, uh, amateur go-kart races and like soups <laughs> up go-karts and stuff. So I saw him there and I was like, I was telling the guys of QR about Josh Todd and his obsession with go-karts. And I was like, if I see Josh, I'm gonna, I'm like, oh my God, there's a go-kart track across the street. We gotta go. And when we're checking in, we see Josh Todd in the lobby and he's like, oh, what, hey, what's up there, man? What's up, man? I've been a long time. I haven't seen you, man. And, uh, and I was like, what's up, Josh? Did you see that there's a go-kart track across the street? He's like, no, no shit, no way. Oh my God, oh my, what? No way. And like, I told the QR guys about this in the van on our way there to the, to the hotel. And they're just like, <laughs> Oh my God, I can't believe you were true. You know, it was true. I can't believe you were telling the truth. Um, and then, you know, to get those guys out of their rooms and, and take them go-kart uh, racing was was a blast. Of course, Frankie won, um, which is great too. So it's, it's you know, extra to see uh, smiles on people's faces that otherwise would have been, you know, being grumpy in their rooms uh, watching CNN. So a lot of good memories and uh, which I'm thankful for. A lot of wisdom earned. Um, and gained and uh, got to play for a lot of people, got to play a lot of concerts and, and have the opportunity to gain new fans. That's wonderful. And I love that story, by the way, that just, that just, you know, that was a bright, bright, bright like story. You know, that just sounds like great. The Quiet Riot guys, all, all the go-karts with Josh Todd, like that is a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful image. So thank you for that. And to kind of like bring it, bring <laughs> it full circle, uh, Traditionally, I end the show with yeah, this right, exactly. It's crazy. Yeah, traditionally, I end the show with this question, and that is funniest tour sto story. Like it can be like a mishap or just something funny that happened that you didn't expect. It doesn't have to be. It can be solo. It can be with Quiet Riot. You know, just something funny that's happened while you're on the road. Okay. Yeah. Here's here's a great story that happened with Quiet Riot. Um, uh, we were what is this what year was this maybe 2018 it'd have to be 2018 um we were playing a show in Suquamish Washington um which uh, on like a reservation at a casino and it was the day after Halloween and uh so we had to go there on Halloween day and it was the first Halloween I ever spent away from my family and my wife and kids so it was I was heartbroken you know I didn't get to go trick-or-treating and all that so I love Halloween and uh, I was dressing up as Macho Man Randy Savage and I convinced Alex Grassi, guitarist of QR, to dress up as well and he dressed up as Ozzy Osbourne which really all he had to do was you know wear a tracksuit and you know put glasses on and paint his nails. Um, well his nails were already painted he just had to write Ozzy on his on his knuckles and uh, and and wear his hair down and wear glasses and 
he was already bumbling around and stumbling and drunk and everything. So everything was, it was perfect. People thought he was Ozzy. It was great. And I just assumed the full macho man. I had the tights and the macho man shirt and the hair and pull out the beard. Yeah. And just assume the position. Yeah. And uh, we entered into a, um, a costume contest there at the casino that they were having on Halloween night. And uh, we won second and third place and uh, split the money evenly between the two of us. We got 200 bucks each out of it. And, uh, you know, just getting on stage and with all these random people, like no one knew that we were, you know, performing the next night with Skid Row and Quiet Riot and, and all that in the showroom. And, and just funny, like getting up on stage and just being like, Oh yeah, a cup of coffee in the big time. Yeah, WrestleMania three, Pontiac, Michigan, ninety four and a half thousand people. Yeah, the cream rises to the top. Yeah, you know, just doing that and just getting a kick out of it, and like Frankie and Chuck are in the audience, like yeah, yeah, like. <laughs> just you know uh coughing up phlegm they're laughing so hard so that you know very good memories i love it i love it james this has been this has been a truly great interview man i appreciate you taking the time to talk to me and even going over a little bit like this was a lot of fun man uh just to like wrap it all up uh tell people where they can find you online on social media like what's the best place to keep up with all things james durbin the best place to keep up with all things James Durbin is on Instagram at James Durbin official. That's James D U R B I N official on Instagram, uh, as well as James Durbin official.com is the official site and, uh, other places, Facebook and Twitter is Durbin rock. So at Durbin rock on Twitter and facebook.com slash Durbin rock. If you're in, uh, the search for merch, you can find it by going to my website, James Durbin official, uh, com, and you'll find a link there to my threadless shop, which has all the Durbin merch, uh, that your little hearts desire so very much. So I do appreciate it. Thanks for taking the time to talk with me and, and, uh, listen and, uh, tell people about, uh, the beast awakens coming out February 12th. Absolutely. I appreciate it very much. Absolutely. Yeah. Man. And I, I hope I can have you back sometime because you're just fun to talk to. And we just got to sit down because this is a podcast, you know, for fans of music. We got to sit down and like either like talk about a priest record or Ozzy or something like I feel like that would be just great. Oh, absolutely. We'll, we'll dissect it. We'll talk about all the little bits. Yeah, you got it. anytime, brother. I appreciate it very much. All right. Well, till next time. Awesome. Have, your, have, have a good night, brother. You too.
Thank you for listening to the Sly Dog Music Cast. If you want to know what's going on, follow me on Twitter at Sly Dog Music Cast or Facebook at Sly Dog Music Cast. Thanks again for listening. Peace, love, and music.